2020 is, you get a mask stuck on your face. That's about right. Uh, man, I am super thankful to be with you guys. I thought today was going to be uh, a little low in attendance, but I'm looking around and I'm going, nope, uh, there's a lot of people still here. And, uh, and I say that to say just because we, we do have several people who are sick, as you're going to hear me talk about, as Adam's mentioned, uh, we do have some people on vacation and, uh, and doing other things. And so, but we're glad that you're here. And uh, God is good, isn't he? He is. And, uh, and I'm excited about today's message for several reasons, but one big one, obvious one, is that this is the first message in 2021. It's no longer 2020, church. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, 2020 is behind us. And we may still get masks caught on our face in 2021, but 2020 is behind us. Uh, today's message is something I don't know if we've ever done before here at Grace Fellowship. Uh, today we'll be looking back on the year we just lived through, 2020, and talk about some of what we've experienced. But not just for the sake of general reflection, uh, rather I want you to see in today's message, as Adam and others have already mentioned, uh, that despite all the bad things that happen in 2020, God is still faithful. Amen? Despite all the circumstances that we've been through, he's remained faithful to his people. And I'm excited to share with you, along with others this morning, uh, how we have seen this faithfulness of our God play out. But before we get to our passage, which as you can see, well, you... It'll get up there. Um, our graphic, uh, Hebrews 19, uh, or Hebrews 10, verse 19 is where we'll begin. You don't have to turn there yet. Before we get there, I want to take a moment and recap some of the awful year of 2020. So forgive me for stating the obvious that you already know, uh, but we've been in a pandemic like none of us have seen in our lifetime. And most of us have probably been tragically affected by this pandemic and may still be being tragically affected by this pandemic. We've lost loved ones and friends. We've seen people's businesses go under. We've seen big events like long-planned weddings turn into much smaller, scaled-down events and gatherings. And we've even been kept from visiting hospitals to uh, love on our loved ones who are suffering uh, we've been kept from nursing homes, seeing the elderly that we love. And I could take time this morning and share with you specific stories of suffering even with our own body, among our own people. And as Adam mentioned earlier, we have many people who aren't with us this morning because they're sick. But we've not just been in a pandemic. Um, that's one of the many things we faced in 2020. We've also seen continued polarization in our political system, with both sides growing uh, in hatred for one another. I think that would be a good word. Charity, it seems, is a thing of the past. So 2020 has been a year of division, a year where people's response to perceived injustice has boiled over to rioting and destroying whole blocks of cities, even turning on those who have vowed to protect us. Like, I won't ever forget one Sunday afternoon going home and turning on my TV uh, this past year to see a man 
who had stolen a police officer's hat and was standing on top of a police officer's car, kicking in the windshield, and then proceeded to set it on fire. Like this was happening in real life. And I just remember thinking to myself, I feel like I'm watching a video game right now. Like this doesn't seem real. So 2020 has been a year of division, but also 2020 has been a year of isolation. Like we've grown more leery of one another. And we've been given good reasons to remain apart, to distance ourselves from one another. Picking up our groceries or having them delivered, which may not be a bad idea, especially if you've got little kids. Eating more meals in than going out. Spending less time with extended family. And most of us haven't been able to welcome people into our homes like we normally do. And this lack of being together has caused all kinds of damage to many people's mental and emotional psyche. Uh, this is because while it may be safer to not give germs to one another, there's no denying the fact that we were created as a people who are in need of other human interaction. Like we need this. And 2020 has been a year where Many people, hundreds of thousands of people, have been stopped from gathering as the church, as Scripture calls us to, from breaking bread together. And what this has caused is it's allowed sin to creep into our lives and go unnoticed by ourselves. And in the midst of 2020, many people have been found to be fighting for their lives in spiritual warfare. So the best word I can think of for 2020 is chaos. I'm sure there are better ones, that, but that's the one that comes to my mind is just chaos. Like this year has brought so much fear and uncertainty to our lives. And I believe as Christians, this should cause us to cry out, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. As a parent of young children, 2020 has caused me and my wife to wonder, like, what kind of world are our kids going to grow up in? Like, is there any hope for them growing up in this world? And I don't think so. Like, at least there's not any hope to be found in this world. And that's exactly where I want to zoom in this morning. Like, as certainty, as our hope, in the economy and careers and safety all get pulled out from underneath our feet, does any hope remain? Like, can we still be a hopeful people? And I believe the answer is yes for Christians. As Christians, we can still be hopeful. When we look at Scripture, what we realize, if you actually uh, genuinely read Scripture, is that God never hides the chaos from us, does he? I mean, a lot of people have a lot of issues with the Bible because they look at it and go, this is wicked. And we go, it is. This is human nature. So God never hides the chaos from us. He's been working with a people out of control since Genesis 3. 
But what we see on every page of Scripture is that our God's plans are never thwarted. Never. (laughs) Rather like a skilled craftsman, a master builder, he works and works and works. Never being distracted, never being overwhelmed at the task before him or by the hopelessness of different situations we see in the scriptures, but he keeps on keeping on. And church, I want you to know that in 2020, the big mess of 2020, our God did not stop working. When school shut down, our God remained at work. When you caught COVID and had to stop life for 10 to 14 days, our God was still working. When you were mourning loss, he was working there. Even when we as a church had to stop physically gathering for a time, our God was still working. Because our God's work is never put on hold, ever. Not even during a pandemic or a year like 2020. Our God remains at work. I want you to hear that. I want that to settle in. Our God never stops working. And one of my biggest personal regrets in this past year is believing the lie that because everything was being put on hold, Christ's ministry could also be put on hold. That we could just pause things and get back to work with Jesus once this pandemic was over. And church, I don't have to tell you this is foolish, right? Like I'm a fool for believing that there is ever a moment in time that our God is not working Because, why? Our God never stops working. Never. But this morning, before we get to our passage, I want you to hear this testimony from not just myself, but from others in Grace Fellowship. And so I've asked a few people to come up and share how God has continued to work in Grace Fellowship, in our body, in the midst of 2021. And the first person I've asked to come speak is Miss Pinkston. I can tell you, Miss Pinkston is excited about sharing. (laughs) I didn't even have to ask her. As soon as I said, speak in front of people, she said, absolutely. (laughs) I think this is on. You come on up here. Thank you, Miss Pinkston. Well, when he did ask, my first words were, yes, I'll be glad to do it. (laughs) You know better than that. Uh, But I would like to say, when I was asked, my second words was, what am I going to say? Because I have said, if you waited 30 seconds, you asked me about the building, you waited 30 seconds, I would go on and on and on about it. I would ask you if you gone through the building, and if you said no, I'll be very disappointed. And, uh, but I got to thinking back, he calls it chaos. I call it crazy. It's been a crazy 2020. 
But God has blessed us. He's given us a, a dream building. And I've got to thinking back, I don't get excited about too many things. I'm just not an excitable person. But um, I am excited about getting back with the children. And I was thinking, you know, a year and a half ago, we had all of our rooms were full. But we had a toddler room, a toddler room, that we had 10 regular attending children. And they were placed in a room that probably legally should, the max was five. And that tells you about how, what we needed. Well, what do you do in a situation like that? <laughs> you pray, you pray, and you pray some more. Your faith is strengthened. Now, God has a timetable. He works on his timetable, and he surely does not see a need to check in on with me. Uh, but what he did do, what he has done, is uh, placed in this body pastors and elders and a body here at Grace Fellowship that also, I know through a lot of prayer, saw a need also for us to have more space. So we have a beautiful, we are blessed with a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. Yes, we um, we've all have been hit with this chaos, craziness, but hard times and heartaches. But I like to look back and say we were blessed in 2020 with a building which is a dream come true, fully equipped, and more important, babies. You might be surprised at how many babies that were born in 2020, which is a blessing. And 2021 looks like it may be starting off pretty good. Probably will not top 2020. But even through this crazy 2020, I would like to look back, say that 20, God will continue to bless us in 2021. And uh, 2020, like I said, was heartaches and hardships. But let's look back on the blessings that God gave us hmm. in 2020. And he will continue to uh, bless us if we'll go along with him. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Pinkston. And, uh, yeah, you can give her a hand. And I'm actually next going to, I'm messing up my order a little bit. Courtney and Seth, I think Miss Pinkston just gave you guys a great introduction to come on up. Uh, Courtney and Seth, are going, Duncan, are going to share with us how they've seen God's faithfulness. Um, Courtney and Seth welcomed in a new member to their family, a new little boy to their family. And so they're going to share with you guys some of this. Courtney, thank you for coming up here. <laughs> Courtney likes to speak as much as Ms. Pinkston does. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, when Corey called me last week and told me about the premise of the sermon, I was like, hey, that sounds great. Um, Courtney and I, you know, it's no coincidence we had just had a similar conversation about the year, and um, we had a lot of things we prayed for, and one of those was a, a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby, and, yeah. and God blessed us tremendously. 
with that. So when he said, hey, would you be willing to come up and talk about babies? I said, yeah, great, let's do it. How much time do I have? He said, less than five minutes. So I said, okay, well, uh, how many babies do we have? We had, uh, if anyone's counting, we had 12. So is that a record? Do we, do we keep track of that? That's got to be that's some kind be of record. record. Uh, so, um, every month. And I would say that's chaos as well, 12 yeah. babies. Um, so in an effort to keep it short and sweet and simple, uh, I was going to ask, as I called out names, if you would stand up, if you're able and here, but I don't know if many are here. So I'm going to call these out. Um, and uh, it's a great list. So we have Ava Grace Swan, Millie Revis, Emma Mayfield, Sophie Ortiz, Hudson Hughes, Ellie Ryan, Wilson Brannon, J.W. Mitchell, Benjamin Kane, Baylor Richardson, which just squeaked in, Grant Duncan, and Walker Blackman. That's, that's 12 new editions of life, and God has been very good in, in blessing us with life. And and like Ms. Pinkston said, there's much more to come in the new year, and we're very thankful for that. So, um, Yes, give him a Chaos. Yes. Beautiful chaos. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And yes, give him <laughs> And at this rate, that building may not hold us for long, Carlton Brown. Um, we may need to get started on some plans for a bigger building. Uh, Twelve new people we brought in, 12 babies, 12 new lives, like if nothing else happened in 2020, praise God for that, right? Um, I've also asked Keith Compton to come up, and Heath is going to share with us, you can come on, Heath, uh, just about what we've seen God work in our body uh, this year when it comes to uh, people. Well, morning. Um, just kind of to... Uh, piggy off of what uh, the other people were saying, um, and I just wrote out a little bit of a few things I wanted to bring out. Uh, um, Grace Fellowship, even though 2020 was a turbulent year, our God has been faithful to hear our prayers. Mm. We've been blessed, for example, with 17 confirmed new members, five baptisms, numerous guests, and the growth of our college and career ministry. Our, God, our great God is protecting and shepherding his people. As Psalm 23, 1 states, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. Our great God is showing us, Grace Fellowship, that he grows us through hardship and through suffering. Hmm. I've learned in the last few years that we have very little or no control over most things in our lives. However, we serve the Lord who is sovereign over every event in our lives. Beloved, if you are one of God's children, the Lord is working out everything for our eternal good. Mm. This does not mean we will be free of pain, but it shows who is the one who will lead us and guide us through our pain. Mm. This is absolutely the reason why prayer is so important. The Lord has given us the great privilege to come to Him at any time of the day. We can give adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication to the Lord. We can rest assured that our great God will hear and answer every prayer we pray to him. Mm. We can rest assured that the Lord Jesus is interceding for us. When we pray, the Holy Spirit is also praying alongside us, and God always answers what the Spirit prays. Therefore, the great consolation in prayer is that we cannot pray amiss. He hears us. He answers us. Mm. 
It may not be the answer we want. Because I know everyone in here have prayed for things that God didn't give us. Every one of us in here. But our God knows what is best for us. I'm exhorting Grace Fellowship to pray individually and together with each other. This is God's work and it's absolutely necessary to the life of our church. And I pray that 2020 has enhanced and led us to be more dependent on the Lord. The activity of prayer enhances that dependence. And I ask all of us as Grace Fellowship, let us remember this as we start 2021 and continue steadfastly as a body in our praying. I can tell you this, uh, this much from me, and just, this is just off the cuff, is that, uh, is that I see so much in our prayers how God grows us through our prayers. A lot of times in praying, it may not be necessarily the person that we are praying for, but what it does is it brings a greater sense of dependence upon Him, a greater love for Him. And, uh, and it increases faith within us. Mm. And the more that we have in that, we know that God will sustain us through everything. That's right. And so we, let's remember that as we start 2021. Thank you, brother. Amen. That's probably no surprise to many of you why I asked Keith to do that. Heath is one of the most consistent men in our church about praying for people and praying and lifting up. So in the midst of a pandemic, when I'm seeing our attendance rise and our ministries grow, I'm thinking, this is God answering prayer. <laughs> and we've not been doing anything that could cause this. This is just God's answering our prayer. So thank you, Heath, for praying. And may, yes, we all pray and thank God. So, so in, the, in the same vein of seeing our ministries grow, I've asked Jake Henry to also come as one of those who are part of this college ministry that's that you've seen grow and grow and grow in this uh, atmosphere right here, and uh, get him to share a little bit. I wrote all this down because I'm going to forget all of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a timeline of what happened with the college and career ministry because it's grown so much in the past year. Um, so we started at the beginning of 2020. Uh, started out small but strong uh, in Tyler Winfrey's living room. Uh, just about six to seven people meeting, going through uh, verses of the Bible. Um, we, we would go through different books, uh, just break them down as best we could. It was a little bit uncomfortable because we didn't quite know everyone, but that's where the Lord was faithful. And that's where we grew. Um, we had no idea what was coming our way in the next couple months, though, because COVID hit us like a truck. And uh, we moved to online meetings uh, just like everybody else. Um, we Zoomed, and those meetings were uncomfortable, um, but the Lord was faithful. And the awkwardness of talking through a screen was, was weird, and we didn't know what to do with it, but uh, the Lord was faithful through that. Uh, and we just kept praying for the Lord to grow the ministry to what we knew it could be. Um, and we didn't see it, but the Lord was answering our prayers in that moment. Um, so as soon as we started to feel comfortable meeting in person, um, Corey advised us to start meeting just a couple rooms down. Um, and again, that was a little bit uncomfortable. There were some new people, new, um, new students that had come from JSU that we didn't know. And that was a little uncomfortable, but that's where the Lord grew us. And... Um, after that, uh, we met these two weird guys uh, at JSU, uh, <laughs> Jacob Pullen and Dustin Mason, who were doing some great stuff at JSU on campus. Mm -hmm. And we partnered with them, and uh, that's where the ministry grew. It was, again, it was uncomfortable, but that's where the Lord was faithful to grow our ministry. Um, and so we've nearly tripled the group size from then, uh, and we've just made some amazing friends. And just 
truly family who will, we will be friends with these people for the rest of our lives. And um, we've already sent out two couples. Uh, we're, we're about to send out two couples. One was Maddie and Sam Agee, who are in California, and soon Taylor and Anna Nice, who will be going to Texas to train to be missionaries. And um, we're just excited to the growth that has happened there. Um, we've just come so much closer together as a group and as an extension of the body of Christ through Grace Fellowship. And the Lord has just been so faithful to show us what community means uh, truly through this group. And we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do in 2021. Um, but we're just hoping that there's more uncomfortable places that we can grow in. And that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. Once again, just God doing cool stuff. And uh, you may think, well, why the college ministry? Well, if you look in most churches, the absent age group is 18 to 28-year-olds. They're not in church. And, and you're telling me in the midst of a pandemic, we had a surge of these people? That's bonkers. I'm serious. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how, how is that happening? Um, but once again, this is God's faithfulness in working. While, we, while we're putting our hands up going, what is going on? He's working. And the last person I've asked to come share is John Holder. And I'm sure you can't guess what John Holder's going to share about. Um, yeah, you probably can. John's going to share uh, about Grace Fellowship's finances in 2020. This is a year, well, I'll just let him tell you. No, no, you got it, man. Good morning. Uh, it is a pleasure for me to be here this morning because the first thing I want you to do is I want you to grasp this number right here. Think about this for a moment. We're going to come back to it. 605, excuse me, 602,795. 602,795. Everybody got that? 602,795. Okay, that's the number. That's the number that is about a year old. I'm going to tell you what that number is here in just a couple of moments. It's amazing that uh, Jake was talking about how they began the college ministry in a living room. Seems like everything at Grace Fellowship from the very beginning <laughs> begins in a living room because that's how this church started. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. This is a very familiar passage to most folks. It's about the cheerful giver. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Many times, the TV evangelists will use this totally out of context. They will focus on sowing sparingly, reaping sparingly, uh, and, of course, obviously all Scripture is true. But I want to focus on verse 7. So let each one who gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So grudgingly, that means we don't come and we don't put it in that box or give online with, gosh, I hate to part with this money. It's not out of necessity. It's not because, obviously, that we stand up here every single Sunday and say, we need it, we got to have it. We've been really, if we have 
a fault over the years at Grace Fellowship. <laughs> it's been that we probably don't say enough about giving, hmm. period. So I will say and present to you that Grace Fellowship, uh, you, over the course of 2020, have not given grudgingly. You've not given out of necessity. You have given cheerfully. And I want to say first and foremost, too, as I always say, before we pat ourselves on the back here, which we're going to do here in just a second, but before we do that, we want to make sure that we understand that everything belongs to God. That's right. Not only the finances we have and the material things, but our health, mm. our talents, our gifts, our intelligence mm. that allows us to go out and earn those material things and earn that money. That all comes from him as well. So ultimately, everything points back to him. Everything points back to his goodness. In this year, whereas we have heard so many times already this morning, where there have been so many challenges, and maybe the greatest challenge at the end of this is going to wind up being financial challenges and economic challenges in this country. And the church, I can tell you being on the front lines at Grace Radio and seeing what happens with other ministries and other churches, there are a lot of ministries out there, for whatever reason, they're suffering. That is not the case at Grace Fellowship. Let me tell you, folks, when the deacons get together in concert with the elders in October of each year and we come up with the church budget, for the last at least 10 or 12 years or so, maybe longer than that, we have stretched out that budget. In other words, what I mean by that is we have been ambitious with the budget. We've taken what was the year before and we've expanded that by about 6 to 8% every year, increased that budget 6 to 8% every year based on we just believe God's going to do it. God's going to bless us to be able to do that. And so we did that again this year, 6 to 8% of the budget, right? All right, we had a big increase. Now, we can't do the things that Seth and Courtney have talked about, Miss Pinkston talked about, that Heath talked about, reaching others, that Jake talked about with reaching the college students. We can't do that without resources. Let me tell you that as of Wednesday, and this number is going to be higher because a lot of times our online giving doesn't show up, but we can see it for three or four days. As of Wednesday of this past week, boy, this is because I, th I think about where we came from. Rod smiling at me because he knows what I'm about to say because Rod and I were two of the ones there at the very beginning when we didn't have anything. $605,795 was the budget that we presented to you guys and you approved, and that was an increase for the year 2020. As of Wednesday, our total receipts, $878,281. That is $275,000 plus over the budget that we approved last year. I'm not often speechless, but folks, all I can say is great is 
thy faithfulness. Amen. God, thank you. I told you this is amazing. I guess these types of moments that I wish we had somebody sitting back here at the piano the whole service and we could just hit a praise chorus right now. <laughs> somebody say our God is good. Somebody say our God is at work. Yep. And we need to believe it. We don't just need to confess it. Like we need to walk in the midst of a crazy and chaotic world with purpose. Even when we don't understand why certain things are happening, even when we don't see any way that what is happening could be worked out for good, we trust our God. Like we believe he's at work and we join him in his work. That's what faith is. Faith doesn't ignore reality. Faith doesn't tell you to stick your head in the sand and stop your ears. Faith calls you to accept reality, to accept your circumstances. Faith calls you to weep and mourn, but to trust that our God is making all things new. He's working in our waiting. He's working in our pain. He's working in our suffering. This is what faith believes. So then, faith brings forth hope. Hope. The hope that's not to be found anywhere else in this world, that's what faith brings forth. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you already haven't, to Hebrews 10, 19. And for the remainder of this message, what we're going to do is just walk through this passage very briefly. And I want, to, I want you to see where faith and hope come from? Like, what is that based in? And just to give you a little bit of context while you turn there, uh, the letter of Hebrews was written to encourage Christians during a time of trial. And I want you to hear this. It does this, it encourages Christians by focusing on the absolute supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. That's how it encourages the Christians during a time of trial. So up to this point where we're at in the book, the author of Hebrews has been showing us that Jesus can be trusted. He can be. And that's what we tried to show you so far this morning. Jesus can be trusted even in the midst of 2020. So look at verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want you to pause right there and I want you to hear this. Church, God has made you his own. He's made you his own. Through the blood of the Son, you now belong to him. And I know you're thinking, well, duh, but don't think duh. This has massive implications. And it's got to sink in. Uh, Adam shared a tweet this week with us from Matt Smithhurst. And it gets at this idea. And I want you to think about this. This drives it home. Our God 
doesn't show up at the prison with certificates of forgiveness. Our God shows up with adoption papers. That's our God. Our God hasn't just high in the sky said, well, I'll, I'll pass on, on your sin. Our God has said, you're mine. You're mine. <laughs> and this is good news. Parents, just like you want your children to come to you when they don't know what's going on, and you want them to snuggle up into your chest, your heavenly Father wants the same thing. He wants you to draw near in your panic. He wants you to draw near when you're anxious. When you're angry, he wants you to draw near. When you're confused, he wants you to draw near because you are his child. You're his child. I don't care if you're the baddest 50-year-old grizzly man in this place. You are God's child. Let that humble you this morning. We don't have all the answers. And men, I try to be the best I'm able, a godly man in my home. And I try to stand up and I try to be the leader and I try to be strong. But at the end of the day, I fall short. I fall short. <laughs> but that's where God welcomes me in and says, you're mine. Your father doesn't expect you to have all the answers. He welcomes you in by the blood of his son. So if you're here today, don't, don't fear for whatever reason that you can't draw near. Because according to the scripture, he sprinkled your conscience clear and washed your body with pure water. So then in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. He's faithful. And then, since he's faithful, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Church, our spiritual lives are partly dependent on one another in this room. Like, and I understand that we often get called up thinking thoughts like, well, am I okay? Am I going to be all right? Like, am I going to make it? And I just want to be honest with you this morning that that is such a poor and weak way to think. God has saved us from sin, but he's also saved us into a family, his family, we're no longer merely individuals, but we're part of a body. You are part of this body. And as the body goes, so I go. And this is what separates Grace Fellowship from every other organization. As the body suffers, I suffer. As I grow, the body grows. Therefore, our thoughts and our hearts should be regularly toward one another. But what keeps my heart and thoughts being toward you? When they're on me. This is what stops that. 
So your thoughts and hearts need to be toward me. My thoughts and hearts need to be toward you. And this is how the body builds itself up. And why is it important that we do this? Well, it's important that we do this because sin is so deceptive, right? Like we, we, we need one another in our lives stirring each other up constantly, encouraging each other. Why? Because the day is drawing near. Jesus is coming again, and we all want to be ready. Amen? We don't want to be captivated by sin. Verse 26, this is why. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment. And a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, The Lord will judge his people. Church, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So the day is drawing near. And on that day, there will be an overwhelming, an overwhelming amount of excuses for sin. But you know what we're told? None of them will matter. None of them will matter. For God has sent his son, he's poured out his blood, and he's given us his very own spirit. So anyone, anyone who is trampling underfoot the son, profaning the blood, and outraging the spirit is not safe. You're not safe. So I want to ask you, this year, has fear about the future Anxiety about your life, busyness with projects, or anger over circumstances led you to push your relationship with Jesus to the side? Has it led you to forget about the costly gift of your salvation, which is your only hope? Or has it caused you to get out of step with God's spirit by not listening and obeying? And if you would say yes to any of those that I just reeled off, then God's grace to you today is repentance. Like he calls you to begin 2021 with confessing your sin and clinging to him. Church, when things get tough, we should not abandon Jesus. That's a terrible idea. But why is it we always do that? He's been faithful to bring us through everything that we've faced. And I do think that's what's so shameful about our lack of faith. Like if we were just to remember back to all he's done, we would admit we have nothing to fear, right? Pandemic, nothing to fear. Loss of job, nothing to fear. Loss of those closest to me, 
nothing to fear. We would remember how he's constantly and consistently been patient with us, how he's forgiven our sin over and over and over again. How we, when we've been ready to give up on ourselves, he's been the one saying, no, you're mine. I'll uphold you. He's the one who's changed us, given us new hearts that love righteousness and hate evil. So this is why the Hebrew writer in verse 32 tells us to recall the former days. Look at this. When after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. What does that mean? One that remains. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Do you hear that, church? That's a blatant warning in the scriptures. If we are those who shrink back from trusting Jesus for whatever reason, God has no pleasure in us. None. But. Don't you love these in the Bible? Verse 39, we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now, this just makes me wonder, how can the writer say that? How can he be so sure? How can he know that we are those who won't shrink back? Answer, because he's not looking at what he or you or I can bring to the table. Rather, he's looking at what Jesus has done on our behalf. That's why he can say that. The confession that we hold on to is this. Christ died for sinners. I'm in that camp. Christ conquered death. That's my enemy. And now Christ is making all things new. The Hebrew writer is basing his life and hope on the promises and works of God. His faith is in Jesus, not in himself. So I'm admonishing you. I'm pleading with you today. Put your faith in Jesus. Don't put it in this world, in your bank account. Don't put it in your political party or anything else. Because everything and everyone including the pastors at this church, will let you down. But Jesus won't. He won't. He has been tried and tested and found faithful again and again and again. So the call today, church, is to put your faith in Jesus. And you might say, well, well, Corey, my faith is in Jesus. But is it? Like, it's much easier for me to confess that 
I trust Jesus with my eternity, something I have no control over, than to daily give up control by denying myself and walking in the way he leads me. And church, that's what we want to make sure, is that what we are professing and what we are practicing is always lining up. And where there are inconsistencies, we admit those inconsistencies. We admit that our problem is not a doing problem. Our problem is a believing problem. And we ask God to help our unbelief. So I've chosen to end today with the first verse of chapter 11, which as many of you know is sometimes referred to as the Hall of Faith chapter. It tells about all the people in Scripture placing their faith in a faithful God. But what you read in chapter 11 is not a bunch of mere professions of faith, but rather what? Acts of faith. That's what you read about. So look at verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You think there's a lot you can't see? There's a whole bunch you can't see. A whole bunch. So much that our God is doing is so far beyond our comprehension every single day. And you know what faith is? Faith says I'm trusting even though I don't understand completely because I can look back in history and see a God who is always faithful. A God who has been faithful to Grace Fellowship in 2020. A God who is faithful to the promises he made to Abraham. A God who faithfully preserved Joseph in the midst of brothers who wanted him dead. A God who was faithful to strengthen Moses and lead them out of slavery in Egypt. And a God that remained faithful to David even when David sinned against him. <laughs> on and on and on we could recount the acts of God's faithfulness to his people. His faithfulness has never seen a line it wouldn't cross. I mean, it's radical. Including the sending of his own son for sinners. Including the sacrificing of his child, of his son, the son of God, Jesus Christ, on a hill so that you can be brought near. So that you don't have to fear. You can trust in the one who has shown himself faithful. God has left no room, Grace Fellowship, for us to be able to deny or wonder about his love for us. Has he? No room. Therefore, I will trust him. You will trust him no matter the circumstances. We won't spend our time worrying about messes that we can't fix. Rather, we will believe that our faithful God is at work in the mess. And we'll find where he's at work and we'll join him in that work. This is faith and this is our call today. No matter what 2021 brings our way, we will trust Jesus. Amen? And not just kind of trust him, 
but trust him completely more than what our eyes can see, more than our own feelings. We will accept our circumstances, deny ourselves, and trust Jesus by finding out where he's at work in 2021 and joining him there. Let's pray. Father, in the midst of your people, I feel bold. I feel, um, I feel confident in you. I feel as we've gathered together this morning and heard from different members about your faithfulness and how we've recounted of your faithfulness in your word. Just confidence right now, God, that we as your people have nothing to be afraid of. That we can walk through this world unfazed by all that it throws at us, knowing our God is in control. And our God loves us. And our God will not leave us to despair. Our God is perfecting us until he comes and gets us or until he brings us to himself. Father, this is good and it's right that we feel this way. Father, I know that in a few moments we're going to leave this place and we're going to go back home. And we're going to be reminded of all the different circumstances we're facing right now. We're going to be reminded about all the pain. We're going to be reminded that things are really, really rough. And then that confidence is going to seem to just melt away because we're weak. Because we cannot sustain ourselves. And so, Father, my prayer for Grace Fellowship and everyone here today is that as we leave this place, you would continually remind us through song, through others, through your word, through nature, through all things, God, that you are sufficient, you are supreme, you are faithful. And there is nothing we need to fear. We can trust our God who is always faithful to his people. God, would you please, in 2021, help us not to stray from these gatherings, from being reminded about your faithfulness, God. God, I'm more confident than ever. We don't have a knowing problem. We have a believing problem. We have a memory problem. God, we are just like your Israelites who wondered. We're quick to forget your faithfulness. And so we need to be reminded. So would you remind us all of 2021, would you help us to encourage each other, to stir one another up? And may we be people, God, who are at work with you, not wasting our lives worrying about things we can't control, but at work with you. God, would you please do what we've asked? Thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, thank you for being here today. And uh, if you talk to somebody on the way out, why don't you just make that your goal? See if you can stir up faith and encourage them. That's what we need, right?
We're going to trust God in 2021. Just one quick announcement I know of, and then people can raise their hand and make other ones. Um, Anna Nice's, uh baby shower will be next Sunday at 1.30. At 1.30, right over here in the community center. So, uh, ladies, if you want to be there for that, uh, please make plans. Any other announcements? All right. Maybe you got them and you don't want to share them, but... Thank you for being here. We do love you and uh, hope you have a great first week of the new year. See ya. Thank you.